From the PSIA AASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and we are unlocking the mystery of touch part two today with Eric Lipton. Eric, thanks very much for chatting with us. George, thanks for having me back. Dang, Eric Lipton twice in a week. I, I feel so honored, Eric. Oh, well, I appreciate you saying that. I'm as excited as you are. Let's get into this. <laughs> okay. You know, I have thought about this so much since the end of our last podcast and uh, thinking about dry land, how we use this element of touch uh, throughout other portions of our lives and skiing and, and then trying to apply it to skiing. Can you kind of pick up that thought process from there? Yeah, I sure can. So, <clears throat> like, you know, developing touch on snow, we talked in the first podcast about about what to feel when we're skiing and how to how to work through some things on snow that can improve that. But being that it's we're going into the off season or we're in the off season now, we should talk about ways to develop that that ability to feel the snow, to to move with your skis, to um, to have touch in the off season. What what kind of exercises and drills and um, and movements can we work on that can then you know, feed into our skiing and make us better skiers overall. So I've been giving this some thought <clears throat> and I get asked, I kind of get asked this question a lot as I think, I think many, um, many skiers hopefully are having these conversations about what, what others do in the off season to, to, Im, Im, you know, improve their skiing, to stay in shape, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I'm, I'm really into this, this component of it, how, you know, how you move from foot to foot, how we feel the ground underneath us, how the, the, your feet and proprioceptors underneath your feet aid in balance and so forth. So uh, I'm excited to, to talk about this part. So let's get into this. I was talking with you a little bit before we started recording how I had gotten together with a, a women's class that I teach at a local ski area and we'd taken some video and we were going through it uh, in the evening and having wine and cheese, just really fun evening. But I was thinking about our upcoming podcast and so I had the uh, ladies take ski poles and uh, hold them by flexing their hip joints like we saw the Koreans do at Interski. And then uh, we'd been talking about jumping and landing quietly and having them do that exercise, holding the ski poles in their hip joints and then jumping up and down and trying to make the landing quieter and quiet. Were we on the right track? Yeah, I, th I definitely think you were. That's a that's a really core component of um, of developing touch on snow is is the, the fine motor control is how the joints flex and extend in a way that is kind of is metered out and, and matches the matches the dynamics of whatever you're doing so that you land softly and you and you can then take off smoothly and then land smoothly, right? And and are, are moving with in ski terms, kind of moving with terrain. <clears throat> so I think you're barking up the right tree there. So when I think about this and how to develop develop this ability in the off season, I, I break it down into three three components or three categories. So there's balance, there's footwork and coordination, and then there's strength. And so I'd like to maybe the best way to go about this is to just go through a couple things for balance, um, some ideas for footwork and coordination and then some some thoughts on strength and how we can work on these elements individually uh, and then ultimately how they'll how they'll manifest themselves and come together on snow does that sound like a plan sounds great love to hear it 
the exercises that I really like. And, and let me just start with this. This let me, let me kind of set the stage here. This will be different for everyone, right? There's we're talking about basic elements of athleticism, and the goal is self improvement. So if you're out there saying, "Well, you know, I'm too old and, and my athleticism is not what it used to be," you're kind of missing the point. So the goal is to improve our touch on snow when we're skiing and and to quote tennis great Arthur Ashe I think it was Arthur Ashe who said start where you are use what you have and do what you can okay and everyone is on his or her own personal journey so so whether your athleticism is whether you're at your prime or you feel like there are some movements that you can't make that you used to be able to make start where we are use what we have and we're going to do what we can so so let's get into balance so one of the things I like to do is just work on balancing on one foot, right? And if, if we do this on a um, – this is kind of like just super baseline. So start with standing on one foot, balancing on a hard surface. And if you're doing this barefooted, then you can see how much your foot actually has to move just to stand still. Like this exercise alone will engage your proprioceptors, will get – your ankles and your feet, your feet really working. In this case, your one foot, it'll really start to move just to stay in balance. And, and once you can do this, you know, reasonably well for, for maybe for 30 seconds or, or it will just use 30 seconds as a, as a uh, standard, then go onto a soft surface, like a mat or a plush carpet. If you're in your home <clears throat> and it's just amazing how much you have to move just to stand still. You can make it even harder for yourself by trying to balance on a pillow. Okay. And then while then then rather than just standing still, try to move while you're you're doing this. So so try to bend forward and stand up, like bend forward like you were gonna touch your toes, and then extend back up. You can um, bend your knee down like as if you're going slightly into a uh, into like a tuck position. And then stand back up. And if you can do all this while balancing on one foot, then that's a pretty good start. You know, and, and as I said, you can make it harder for yourself by going from a hard surface to a soft surface. But it really makes you aware of how pressure moves all around your foot um, from the front of your foot to the back of your foot or from, from one side to the other side. And just learning to use the muscles in your feet and lower legs to maintain balance through different ranges of motion. Um, is I think really useful for skiing instead of relying on our ski boots, which, you know, I think a lot of, a lot of us do, we, we ski through the boot and we use the equipment a lot, but really developing the ability to, to move and stand on your own foot or your own two feet when we ski, um, is a piece to becoming a really great skier. And then the second, the second, I guess it's an extension of that or the next, the next step in that, in that progression might be using a, a BOSU ball, which is like one of those half exercise balls, um, with two feet. Okay. And if you don't have one of those or, or you don't go to a gym and have one of those, you can again do this on a pillow or like a couch cushion and then go into a tuck position, a ski tuck, and then extend back up. And once you can do that on two feet, try that on one foot in the middle, right? Paul and then go into a tuck position. So, so kind of similar to, to the first exercise, but but really use that range of motion. And we're really just like scratching the surface here. Um, you know, I think of images of Michaela Schiffer riding a unicycle and juggling, 
you know, where balance and timing and full body coordination and incredible strength really comes in. I mean, she's really got it all. But but these are just a couple of exercises that hopefully can can spur your creativity and and get you started on that, you know, down the line of, okay, how do I how do I stand on my my feet? How do I stand on one foot? How do I use the range of motion that I have? Can I feel pressure move from side to side all around my foot and and really wake up these muscles? And then, you know, the next part, you know, this can go in a hundred different directions, but you know, you can use things like balance boards and, and people use slack lines out in their yard between trees and you can really explore the ranges of, of, you know, your own balance and, and improve it. Sorry, I was a bit long-winded there, but <clears throat> you still with me, George? I was just sitting here listening, picturing doing all this, and I love it. Uh, I think those fish eyes are great, one foot on a balance board, and then you can do so many exercises from that position with uh, medicine balls. And I'm, there's so much you can do. I was just thinking of trying to juggle on uh, one of the fish eye balance boards I what did you call that the half ball yeah the uh, bosu ball bosu ball yeah I mean there's lots of names for these and I guess there's several companies that make these but but yeah that that half exercise ball and it gets even harder you know doing so on a on a, a full ball like a physio ball complete where you you can you know it's it's you should have some support when you're trying this for the first time have a spot or somebody to help you but but getting and standing up on one of those with two feet and just staying in balance there. Uh, it's a great exercise. Just standing on it, not even adding anything just, to that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just standing on it, let alone going into a tuck position and coming back up or holding a tuck position. So, But starting with the half ball, I think, is the right way to go. And let's just kind of step back to, you know, I'm old and I've got to be where I am. How, how long... I don't want to feel like I'm failing if I'm having to put my other foot down right away. I mean, really keep keep this at our own speed. Yeah, absolutely. That's the most important thing. And and, and even, you can even try it with, well, again, start with two feet, right? Just barefooted. Slightly lift one foot off the ground where, where you shift weight to one foot, but you can even keep the toes of the other foot close to the ground, right? And then as you feel more comfortable, lift, lift your other knee a little higher, uh, create a situation where you're, you're progressing at your own, your own pace. But I think it's pretty low. seems like pretty low risk, right? Just to stand, stand on one foot on carpet in your home or, or on a pillow to get, to get used to this, you know? Absolutely. You're taking a lot of fear out of something that could be very difficult. Totally. So where do we go next? So, so those are a couple of ideas for balance. So the next part is uh, footwork and coordination, right? And this is this is something that I really I really like this a lot. Um, and and this can start with with an exercise as simple as jumping rope, okay? But you can get you can get creative with this, okay? Um, so you, can, you know, you drive a jump rope that's the right length for you, the right size. Start with two feet. Okay, just jump at two feet and do that for a little while. And then you can alternate back and forth. So right foot down, left foot down, right foot down, left foot down as you're jumping rope. You can you can jump on one foot then jump on the other foot. You can jump rope while you're moving forward, like hop for 10 yards forward and then jumping 
backwards. So hop backwards while you're jumping rope. Like the rope is still swinging in the same direction. If you, if you can imagine this, but you're just moving while this is happening. Okay. So you jump forward for 10 yards, you jump backwards for 10 yards, all while you're still, while the rope is still spinning back to your start line. You could do double jumps, right? So you jump and the rope, rope, uh, circulates around you twice. You can cross your arms to twist and then untwist. Okay, see, there's a lot in there that comes down to footwork coordination, timing, and then touch on the ground. Like, obviously, you have to touch the ground and and be off the ground in a hurry, depending on how fast you're swinging the rope. Okay, so I think there's a lot. We can get really creative with something as simple as a jump rope um, and working on footwork and coordination. The, the next part that I like is, is I'll, I'll lay the jump rope down on the ground and, and while, while standing on one side of it, facing the rope, jump your right foot in front and your left foot behind the rope. So again, you know, jump rope is lying down in front of you. You're standing facing the rope with the rope at your toes and you jump one foot in front and one foot behind and then you switch and then back and forth. <clears throat> So it's a very miniature, you know, it's like the lunge position, but it's very miniature because all you're trying to do is clear the rope, right foot forward, left foot forward, back and forth, back and forth. You following me? I am. I'm just trying to picture you doing that. And I've got it. (laughs) I've noticed I'm picturing (laughs) you doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And then, um, so you're like, you're like, you're scissoring your feet back and forth, right? Yep. Maybe hands on your hips. And again, this is, this is, it's a footwork thing. It's a timing thing. It's uh, a bit of coordination. Can you, are your feet touching the ground at the same time? Are you then getting off the ground and switching? And is your cadence the same rate? Right. And you can explore the ranges of this too. You can try different things. Um, then you can, you can turn uh, sideways, right? So sort of turn face the other direction and you can do double leg hops from side to side landing on each side of the rope right so then this is this is pretty simple i'm sure we can uh, people can envision this so just jumping from the right side of the rope to the left side of the rope with two feet <clears throat> now this is where it gets really fun so now you can do the same thing so jumping side to side but only land on your outside foot ah. right so now now it simulates more of the skiing movement so keep your inside foot and leg in the air and land on your outside foot so if we jump to the right, our right foot hits the ground and your left foot stays in the air. And then they jump to the left and again, your left foot hits the ground or your, or what would be your outside foot, outside ski, right? Your outside foot hits the ground and your inside leg shortens and stays in the air. And, and take note, are you landing on the inside of your outside foot? Are you flexing the ankle? Um, are you hitting the ground and then immediately jumping off? Because that's one way, or you can vary the exercise by landing, balancing for a moment on your outside foot, and then jumping back across to the other side. So you can adjust the timing here really quick and explode back to the other side, or pause for a moment on each foot, balance, and then jump across. And I have a couple of and questions for you here. One: Are we barefoot doing this? Uh, dealer's choice. Okay, so barefoot or shoes. And I want to go back to the the lunge position. You you got me really thinking about that, which is why I'm kind of quiet here. 
because would you land and then sink into a lunge and then explode off of that and do that on the other side with the other leg forward or do you, you keep could. it light and quick <clears throat> yeah well that's the that's the great question so of course you could right you you just it becomes a little different exercise becomes a little more strength a little more muscle development if you if you take a, a, a longer lunge step and sink into it versus if you just go really quick right for for the for footwork and coordination i feel like the quickness part is of value but but like lunge jump switch is a great exercise which is pretty much what it would be look what it would look like if you're if you're really sinking into it which is just great for muscle development right for so, quads and hamstrings and glutes i mean what you're giving us is so varied into what we want to do and work on all using the same exercises you nailed it right that's the beauty of it is you don't need you don't need weights you don't need um, a gym membership necessarily. Uh, you can do this at your home. You can do this at your own pace, and you can you can vary these exercises to get different results. And the other thing I and like about just, what you're talking just a about of examples, right? I mean, there's there's a there's a trillion of these. These are just a few that fit into this balance, footwork, and coordination. And then the next step, which we'll get into. And that, what I was just saying, what I like about this too, not only is it simple for us, it's something really simple we can share with our students. Totally. And they'll love you for it because you yep. give them something they can work on in the offseason. Absolutely. <clears throat> and I don't want to interrupt you anymore. What's next? <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. It's supposed to be a dialogue here, not a monologue. <laughs> so I apologize if I'm getting a little long-winded. Um, so there's a couple there for, for footwork and coordination, coordination exercises um, that are, are pretty simple and, and easy to, to grasp. Um, then there's like, you know, I remember doing this this exercise years ago at a uh, um, in in high school football. I went away to this to this uh, uh, football camp um, in the summertime, and uh, with with a bunch of other guys on, on my team, and, and we did this exercise called apart together, cross apart together. So it's just a footwork exercise, and you start with your feet apart. You jump and put your feet together. You jump and cross them. You jump and put them apart, and then you jump and bring them back together. So it goes apart, together, crossed apart, together. And you could do that or things like that at your pace also, right? <clears throat> so so that's balance and coordination, right? Balance is the first part, and then footwork and coordination is the second part. And then there's strength, right? I mean, it's if you want to ski like an athlete and move like an athlete, there has to be, you've got to have an element of strength that allows you to, to move the way you want to move, right? Um, so this is, the, this is the part that we discussed a little bit, uh, I think, prior to the last call. And, and this is, um, it's an area that I'm really passionate about because I started doing these kinds of exercises called plyometrics um, in high school. Uh, and people ask me all the time, what do I do to work out in the summertime? And plyometrics are, are a big part of it, or jump training. And in the mid-90s, I remember my high school track and field coach introduced me to these things because I was, I was a jumper. I was a, a triple jumper and long jumper. And I thought this stuff was so fantastic that I'd never seen it before. Because um, it's fantastic because it kind of creates like eccentric contraction, which is just resisting force, followed immediately by concentric contraction and in no way am I you know an exercise physiologist but 
but I could grasp this idea and say, okay, this is going to help. When I land, I can immediately explode back up, right? I can deal with force and then immediately deliver it back to the earth, to the ground and move again. And I think this helps a lot, you know, has been a big part of, of my, um, of my exercise regimen for years. And, and, um, I think is a helps in skiing too. In, in a, where I used to live in Pennsylvania, I, uh, I lived near a, um, an area where there was a set of metal stairs where, uh, the parking lot to a medical center was actually on a street lower in town. And then there was like a set of a long set of metal stairs that, that were the employees would park down below and they'd walk up to work. So I used to run those stairs. I used to hop up the stairs on two feet, hop up the stairs on one foot, touch every step, touch every third or fourth step, jump two steps forward, one step back. Anything in that realm, anything where you're, you're hitting the ground and then, and then exploding back up or any sort of, sort of ballistic exercise like that could be plyometric, you know, in its nature. Um, things like box jumps, whether it's a, a very little box or a high box, I mean, people can use an, you know, an aerobic step or an exercise step for that. Um, even the, even the stuff we were talking about with jump rope from jumping from side to side, that in and of itself is plyometric in nature where you're, you're landing, dealing with force and then delivering it back, you know, extending and moving. And in the, in the world of, of directing pressure from outside ski to outside ski, controlling pressure foot to foot, I think the ability to move from foot to foot with, with some, some level of explosiveness, some level of, 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 uh, you know, strength and power and, and, and directing your body elsewhere, uh, is really valuable in skiing, you know? So, so there, there's a whole world of plyometrics out there that I encourage people to explore, but that's a, a part of, you know, strength development that I think allows, um, well, just enables skiers to, to move with, with grace and fluidity, um, because if you can if you can land softly, like in your example, if you can land softly and then extend softly, or land quickly and then extend quickly and adjust it anywhere in between, then you really set yourself up to give the ski and the snow what it needs, not just not just everything you have, or not just be a a passenger on the ski, a passenger in the turn, but to really control the ski and feel how it interacts with the snow, and that's. That's what we're talking about when we talk about touch on snow. Eric, I love this topic, and I feel like you've really given us some valuable things that are very realistic for us to be able to work on. Well, thanks, George. Yeah, I appreciate you um, suggesting this because this is really um, this is something that I, I, I kind of really hold close to heart, and I, I like I like talking about this kind of thing. Well, I sure appreciate it, and I uh, always have to drop in, you know, if you do want to go skiing in the summer and not just do dry land exercises, there's always Eric Lipton <laughs> ski camps that you can check out. Yes, there is, and uh, and no better way to start your skiing off in the winter than to ski a little in the summer. I, I <clears throat> People ask me all the time why, they're like, what's it like to ski in the summer, and, and, and you know, what what's the, the core advantage, and, and I say... You know, there's lots of places you can go skiing in the summertime. From North America, South America, you can go to New Zealand, all these places. But 
if you can limit the time off snow, if you can limit the time, you know, shorten that, that six or eight or nine month gap from when you skied in spring to when you're going to ski in the winter, you really, uh, you really hit the ground running come, come the next ski season. You know, you, you really start the, ski, the season in, in mid season form and not taking, you know, 30 days to get your feet back and to get into it. So, uh, I highly encourage people to, if they have the, the means and the time to, uh, find a way to ski during the summertime. Eric Lipton, thanks so much for taking the time to join us again. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. From the PSI ASI studios in Lakewood, Colorado, I'm George <clears> Thomas. <throat>